Hello friends and thanks for being here for episode number 50. Can you believe we've done 50 of these things, guys? Uh, hell no. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess I can believe that we've done 50. I can't believe anybody's listened to 50. <laughs> Fair enough. We need that. Let's. We can give a shout out. I'll give a, a free sleeve of balls to somebody that comments in that's seen all fifty episodes. And deal. To, okay. To quote a line from every fifty. Okay. Deal. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, you want, one, you want you're, you're three fake. golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a great topic today. How often should you replace your wedges? Yes, there is an answer. So let's get it. No Putts Given is powered by My Golf Spy, the most extensive reviews in golf. Before you buy, My Golf Spy. Nine million readers do it every year. Check us out. Okay, guys, we've got Tony, Harry, and Chris here. Everybody say hi. Hola. Hi. Hola. And as always, we ask that you do like, subscribe, leave us a review, tell us what you think. We want to know. Um, guys, anything new, interesting, good today that we need to know about? Not today. I am I'm I'm gonna go take a have a golf lesson tomorrow. It'll be my first what? Moment. Yeah. With the same guy uh you're working with before? With An- yeah, with Anders Matson, yeah. It's uh the elbow after eight weeks of treatment with uh, I knew we'd get an update. With my stay, stay active. active, yeah. So now I'm in the recovery period. The elbow feels not 100, but it feels way better than it did. So I can kind of. Well, did get it back. promise 100? Uh, I I don't know what the promise was. It was just like, hey, we've seen good results with this. You should let's we'll send you one if you want to try it. And okay. so yeah, so I'm eight weeks in, two week recovery period, and we'll know more. But I'm I'm swinging a club, swinging hard. And, uh, <laughs> nice, nice, violent transition. Yeah, no, I'm. Oh shit! You have the best one-liners. It's great. I am, I am, I am swinging with malice of intent for sure. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. I'm still using the unflavored, and it still is remarkably bland. Right. I, I just can't wrap my head around it. How something can be unflavored? It has to taste like something. Like yeah, it does. Nothing. But nothing, again, it's the same concept as thinking of nothing. If you're thinking of nothing, you are thinking of nothing. You're still thinking of something. You're so thinking you're, of a blank space is still blank space. I think if you, if you ask your husband if he thinks about anything. Okay, no, no we've, had this, we've had this conversation before. <laughs> Apparently, there are two classes of people. Some people have a running dialogue through their brain at all times me and some people apparently i still am very skeptical can think of actually nothing and harry claims to be one yeah. of those people that it's he can absolutely turn his brain off and there the is noise. no yes there is no yeah. like airplane flying over with any banners there's no well there might there might be i just don't pay attention i'm just like <laughs> but how i'm just like are you whatever. saying that harry has like an absence of space in between his that's ears? what is he's trying what to say suggesting? I mean, everyone knew that. As many times as I'm like, that's impossible. He he is adamant about it. Harry, do you ever I, not sleep at night? I didn't last night. Really? Because that that's usually my thing. Is like I can't I can't quiet the noise. Yes. I'm the same way. This is how we stumbled upon this conversation. I like to fall asleep with the TV on because that helps. Harry hates it because he wants his blank space. Yeah. You know what really helps with that? CBD. <laughs> <laughs> it actually does. Like, <laughs> that was a great, great transition. 
Anywho, um, so wedges. Is that what we're talking about today? Can you give us an introduction, fellas, into, let's just start super basic. Why do wedges have grooves? Because ultimately that's why you end up replacing them, right? These things wear down. So what's the point of the grooves in the wedges? The point of a groove in a wedge is, I guess the, the simple explanation or the best explanation is to channel moisture, debris, grass, anything that gets between the club face and the golf ball out of the way so that you are able to make crisp contact and impart spin on the golf ball. Yep. I it's like the that. tire tread, right? Tire tread. There you go. So same okay. reason, same reason your, your tires have tread, right? Is, you know, when you're driving contact between the tire and the ground is a good thing, right? That gives you control, traction, stability, and, and all the channels. The job is to move water, debris, etc., to channel all that away so that you can maintain traction between the tire and the ground grooves in a in a golf club in a wedge specifically work in, in in a basic sense the same way tony you might remember we did a wet wedge test right That's, sure so how much did the grooves of the wedges impact the water that was on was it was the water on the wedge or the ball or the grass or how how did that work both oh it was everything yeah we we decided <laughs> to kind of go all in and create the a, a kind of a, a simulate extreme moisture, if you will. So Harry saturated the turf. We, we put water on the club face and we, we put some water on the ball as well. So it's probably the extreme representation. It was, it was like, it was an interesting one because I was thinking, all right, so if the ball's wet, let's see what a ball's wet and see the spin rates off that. That's right. This one was your brainchild, right? This, it was a, it was a aha moment. Okay. If the water is on the ball, nine times out of ten, it's going to be on the ground. Yeah, had to come from somewhere, right? <laughs> exactly. So you're like, hmm, all right. So then you do ground and ball wet and then a dry face. And then if you're like a lazy golfer like me, you do wet ground, wet ball, wet face. And then you, you see a diminishing returns in spin with adding each variable, um, if that makes sense. Now there are clubs out there that are uh, do have that what hydrophobicity um, good job. finish. That did I get it right? There you go. Yeah, that was a good word. Yeah, that's the thing. Hydrophob yeah, Ten buddy. Points. Don't Woo. tell me how to don't tell me how to spell it, but that's how you say it. And it's like the tire <laughs> tracks on on a on a car. It's it it runs up the face and down the face. Um, it doesn't stick to the face. It just goes up with the with the movement of the club. So there was wedges out there that performed better. Uh, and I guarantee in about two years, we'll see a lot of wedges that will come out with all this hydrophobicity um, coating on it. Yeah, I want to say, um, don't, don't hold me to these numbers. Go back to the wedge test and, and check it out. Mm -hmm. Matt will throw in a link for you, I'm sure. Uh, but I want to say that the best wedges when wet... And this was what I think, like a sixty-five yard shot, Harry, fifty-five, sixty-five. Uh, so we did, we did all three. We did, I think it was sixty, and your full shot. Okay, so I believe. I, I want to say that the best wedges with the in our saturated environment retained about ninety percent of their spin, mm -hmm. uh, whereas on average it was it was a reduction of pretty close to scary. forty forty to fifty percent fall off. Uh, once, once the wedge was a little bit wet. And so, and I was, yeah, I was seeing some that would 
you would spin your driver more. Yeah, there were there were some extreme drop offs. Which is and, scary. And if you look at what performed really well, the the Ping Glide 2.0 and and Ping has been talking about their hydrophobic or you know what a hydro pearl chrome hydro pearl hi- finish, yeah, right, which is designed to basically. If you look, you know, the wind, if you want to go back to some of the, the windshield analogies and the stuff people spray on that, the idea that water will bead on a golf club where, and when you spray this magic stuff on it, like it does on your windshield, it will run off instead of bead. And that's the whole idea behind Ping's finish is that the water doesn't bead and stay on the club face. It runs off. Similar lines, Mizuno with their hydro flow micro grooves are designed to be, you know, they use the tire tread analogy, designed to flow channel water and debris off of the club face. And and both of those, the the ping wedges were were tops for retaining mm-hmm. spin when wet. Mizuno was pretty close as well. They were were up there as well. And so what you're seeing is I think some pretty clear evidence that that you can resolve a moisture problem. First that that moisture definitely has an impact on on not just spin but launch as well. Those two are generally pretty yep. pretty tightly correlated, uh, and that you can mitigate that with with various technologies. So I think you're right. Okay. I think this is kind of where it's headed. Yeah. The reason I asked, we got into a, a rabbit hole full of good information. However, That's the reason do. I asked, I wanted to know that if the grooves on your wedges were wearing, how then would water also affect it? Are we doubling down on the the extra components yeah absolutely mm-hmm. i mean again no no different than a tire in that regard or you know the with ping the it's a finish right so if that finish uh, finish has a lifespan right things wear out nothing uh clubs aren't aren't intended to to last forever and we'll get into what really impacts some of these finishes in in the grooves themselves but just like tire tread as it wears down it, it's less effective right the the it, it it's not as deep um and and particularly with golf clubs it's not just the depth of the groove but it's the radius right so you know if you kind of take like a side profile and if you kind of see it as like a U right in the, in the top radius, you know, uh, where it actually curves down into the groove as that becomes more blunted or more rounded, it's going to have less of an ability to channel all the dirt, debris, water, et cetera, out of the way. So as that wears down, yeah, it's going to become, uh, less effective as at what it's intended to do. Even in dry conditions, when those that edge radii kind of loses its its spec, so to speak, and goes from being sharp, if you will, to more rounded. It loses its ability to kind of grip at the ball and impact. And so what invariably happens is the ball starts to slide up the face a little bit more. And so you do tend to get kind of that, that higher launching, often lower spinning condition. And the USGA has rules right around how deep these grooves can be and wide and, and what that radius number can be, basically how sharp um that angle can be but that's that's kind of what we're talking about that's the tough part is and there's finishes right that uh sandblast when they sandblast it some companies sandblast it and the the grooves start to wear out before you even get to hit them um so that's like a that's another variable that you don't know that you have even that you haven't even hit the brand new groove so Think of it like when you're going, when you're in a bunker, the more sand you hit and the more rough and surface area you're going to wear on your, on your face. So the sandblasting on the, on the wedges faces itself before it even gets to you and your hands. Well, let's talk about this really quickly. 
what can cause a wedge groove to wear? How do we get from point A to point needing to replace? Hitting okay. golf balls. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, let's let's just keep it, you know, super simple. Like one thing is sand. You know, if you've ever been in a sandstorm, I, I don't know how many people have, but I have. And you get that and it just, I mean, it can just shred you. It can really, it can really hurt, right? And it's like yeah. this forced exfoliation, right? So if you're hitting balls on a sandy range or you're hitting balls in a bunker, it's like all these little just micro pieces, right, that are just chipping away at that finish. I mean, incrementally, right? I mean, these are very small. You're not noticing it from one shot to the next, but it's happening in little, little bits and pieces over time. So think about what are any things that could take this nice sharp edge and and, and reduce it and, and make it a little bit more blunted, right? Sand, hitting hard golf balls. So golf balls that are range balls. Which I was going to say, how many people have that at their uh, at their range? And we can get into why, you know, uh, obviously why driving ranges don't have nice soft urethane golf balls. But yeah, so hitting range balls, uh, that will do it. And then just playing, right? I mean, again, they, they wear down over time. And so, and and if your, your, your wedge starts out raw, people want to talk about, you know, plated wedges versus wedges with finishes, raw wedges, well... Um, you know, raw wedges will wear a little bit quicker than uh, than plated wedges. Okay, so we've gotten to the point where we've gotten ourselves out of bunkers. We played a number of rounds and maybe gotten caught in a random dust and sandstorm. So Thank our you. wedges, <laughs> we're playing at the beach and it's a windy day. Um, so our wedges are worn. What sort of performance differences are we seeing? I know we've got some data on this. I mean... You just translate it to stopping distance is, okay. is, is how you really determine that. I mean, Tyler did a fantastic uh, demonstration and a study on this. Um, you, I think you can go on their Vokey website and look at it. Uh, they got a 100, 100 yard green that's perfectly flat uh, at Manchester Lane, correct? Oh, it's, yep, it's, it's a work of art. <laughs> it, it's apparently amazing. Tony's been there. And they, they hit it distances uh and then a, a brand new grooves a 75 rounds and 100 rounds of wear and the stopping distance is actually kind of you know scary yeah, in, so in a way spin spin drops off which ultimately leads to more rollout and yeah. well i think titleist uses what's their recommendation is like every 75 rounds or something like that but it's 75 yep. yeah. yeah it's important to understand that the conditions play a major role so the, my course is super duper sandy <laughs> like every swing mm-hmm. is is a sandstorm in some cases uh well as others right, exfoliation right but if you have Thank sort you. of like just nice kind of fluffy soil and and, and soft <laughs> grass that you're not digging into right if you don't if you don't right. take a divot for example you're not going to wear your wedges out quite as quickly so i think 75 rounds might be a decent guideline but it's it's certainly not one of those everybody needs to replace their wedges every 75 rounds yeah. or you suck at golf 75 rounds doesn't seem that long well no big but when it comes to spin rates, a brand new set of wedges to worn wedges, you can, it's like 2000 revs. Or it's more. a lot of revs or more. Okay, so, translate. Can we translate this into score for me instead of spin rate or distance? It's, like, well, it's what tough. sort of strokes are we talking about? So if, so here's the thing. If you, if, if you've got a brand new wedge and you're pitching it at the same distance, say you pitch at a hundred yards and it rolls out 
um, to say, I think it was 24 foot, right? I think the new one was like 10 feet. Yeah, so new one for 10 feet and then uh, old one was like 24 feet, I think it was. You said this was going to be easy. Yeah, and now you equate that to strokes gained and how many putts are made from those distances you are now creating, all right, it's probably you're going to make more at 10 feet than you were at 24. Yeah, if I'm 24 feet further away, and and we assume that that's not optimal, right, that that's not getting me closer to it or whatever, sure, we can absolutely um, look at that. I think the other thing to consider, too, is, you know, Tyler says, okay, 75 rounds is a time to kind of start looking at it. Like, that's kind of the first time you might start noticing some performance differences. And, and in their testing, I think it was uh, one degree higher launch and a little bit less spin. And I think it equated to maybe like another eight yards of roll or eight feet, maybe it went from like 10 to 18 to 24. And that 24 foot number was like 125 rounds. And so, you know, there's a number of people that I know that play 125 rounds of golf. That's a lifetime. <laughs> If they play five to ten times a year, so you're saying, hey, replace your wedges every every three presidential administrations or so, you know, like that's definitely possible, right? I mean, on the other hand, you have people like Harry that are going to play maybe, you know, 75 to 100, 125 rounds a year. And the other piece being how much spin degradation can you handle before it starts impacting your game, right? Well, that's that's the thing. So in in Harry's... Harry strokes gained analogy, right? If you just look at it and say, oh, I, I went from being 10 feet from the hole to 25 feet of the hole. Yeah, that that's obviously going to have an impact of, on your score, but it also doesn't happen all at once, right? It's it's a gradual, mm-hmm. you, you don't get there overnight. And and chances are, whether you, you're consciously aware of it or not, you're going to make some adjustments on course. You, you know, you're going to notice, right? Hey, I don't, you, you may think, you may not necessarily kind of attribute it to your wedges. You may sort of just just this broad observation that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling past more pins, so I need to account for that kind of thing. So I think you will make some adjustments, but ideally you don't want to have to change your game because your equipment is worn. Well, Harry, let me ask you this. You play all the time. Are you replacing your wedges twice a year? Um, I would love to, yeah. <laughs> No, that, but again, it comes into cost and, and factor and blah, blah, blah. So I would love, if, if it was me and if I was practicing every day and I was practicing a short mm-hmm. game, I want to change my wedges out maybe every two to three months, depending on how much practice I'm doing. So if I really need to work on my short game, guess what? I'm going to be using those wedges more. So therefore, it kind of equates into rounds. And that 75 rounds might be 40 rounds because of the amount of practice I am doing. So okay. if, if I had it my way and I could do it every two to three months, I mean, Justin, uh, Jordan Spieth, he, I think he replaces 60 every two couple or three weeks. rounds. Every couple. Yeah. 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 And then, and his other wedges every two to three months, I think it is. So it, and he heavily practices on a short game. So it's really on to you of how much you're going to wear down the wedges. I think I think it is fair to say though that if you if you play a lot of golf, you know, 50, 50 plus rounds a year, somewhere in that ballpark. That's good. Say you play once a weekend, that's right. fifty two. Yeah. So ballpark yeah. that you, you certainly you should certainly be replacing your wedges more often than any other club mm-hmm. in the bag. Yeah. Okay. Now yeah. what about wedge regroovers? Do they work? Can it get you back to a fresh wedge performance? 
lab test. I, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, honestly, I've never tried it, and it, it's one of those things where, and, and obviously nobody's going to check the the average golfer's bag. But exactly now, now you're going into illegal clubs and then non-conforming. There is there is a potential conformity issue there, but again, you're. I'm certainly hoping so. No. I'm hoping they can make them. As, as far as I know, uh, <laughs> I, I've yet to play in a tournament where they've they've had a groove spec machine handy just in case something looked a little screwy. But right, you're gonna bring one. You, you'll be the first one. You'll have it with you. <laughs> Tony's groove. Bryson no, DeChambeau right. will will come up with his own gonna, and then just subject it to. I'm gonna players. I'm gonna get a groove scanner. I'm I'll show up with my my uh, USGA spec golf ball size gauge i'll show up with my scale and if anything is off like i think we should have a poll i'd like to have a poll out there we can put out there like you know the average golfer how how often are they replacing they're not this is probably a lot of new information so i'd like to see with average golfers when they do replace wedges currently like option one you know when your current wedge didn't float you know like are people actually replacing or are they just you know, well, I'll replace it once it you know it got lost in the woods and and it got whirly birded and you're seeing this in uh, not just wedges. Yeah, wedge. I you know my wedges have never floated. They always, always, always seem to sink in the lake. In any body of water, the hydrophobicity <laughs> did not help. It's not <laughs> at all. At all. Rise to not the even surface. a little. It shed all yeah. the water on the way to the dirt. <laughs> the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Like. If guys are fond of a wedge, it's it's one of those clubs that I think people become attached to. One of the guys mm-hmm. I play with from time to time has ping eye copper wedges in the bag. And I'm like, like Johnny, what the hell are you doing? These things are like a hundred <laughs> years old. I mean, you're you're probably getting at best triple digit spin on any shot, maybe <laughs> double digit. And like, why why are you still playing these? And he's like, I, I can't buy them anymore. I just love this wedge. Well, like, okay, but... So is that a case where we would advocate for wedge regroovers? Because this guy is obviously an everyday kind of golfer and he loves his club and he wants to get it back. Or just get over it and buy (laughs) a wedge that's good. Sometimes you just got to let go. (laughs) Put it on the wall. I think you'd get the guy at your course that everybody knows is just a huge asshole to pick up his club, (laughs) chuck it in the river, whatever. Then he's left without choices got to buy him kind of like forced exfoliation <laughs> yes yes and if, tony may be that guy at his club he may be the one that takes it and chucks it for him <laughs> harry you would regroove that one if that were the case no i'm just i'm i'm saying like what if you regroove stuff you have to regroove your irons in a way because if you nine times out of ten if if your wedges are very like you know that like strike pattern that you see that is just completely out on the toe related, oh. <laughs> yeah, which is mine on the toe. But you see all the, t- you see that pattern, and I see like irons on eBay or whatever. They have like a strike pattern, and it's all that time that it's just being hit in that same area. It's the same concept in irons, and it is wedges as well. Like if if you're consistently hitting that, your less spin's gonna come out of your your seven iron, for instance. Um, it's gonna. Instead of 6,000, it's going to be 5,000 or whatever. Typically, I mean, it's a different groove spec. It kind of just works a little bit differently. It's not that same kind of trajectory. Not if they, not if they spin, concave but, and is like a oh, little... Oh, you do say, oh yeah, I mean, I've definitely that's seen That's what I that mean. Where, so it has like a, a bit of a dent you, in it. You see that and you can actually like see in the 
in the groove pattern where it's been it's hit like so concave right. that's it's what like, i mean where it's been hit so much like it's like the edge of the groove and the impact pattern has kind of squeezed together that's exactly yeah. what i'm saying let it go it's let, let it go, go. <laughs> let it go. buy some new sets let it go man it, it gets to a point another car analogy you know, like you can machine your rotors sometimes if you got to get, you know, brake work. Like maybe machine them once, you know, if it's in there to extend the life a little bit. And But it gets to a point of uh, diminishing marginal utility. And like Tony said, you know, it's like when you, uh, right, drop your keys into a river of molten lava, let them go. Man, <laughs> they're gone. What do you do on your weekends? <laughs> yeah, like how do you come up with these analogies? This is that's this is... that's uh, that's from Saturday Night Live. Okay. It is? Uh, so he's just a vault of... It collected information. So Harry, whereas you have nothing stored in here, apparently, according yeah. to your wife, I have a lot of useless information stored. Not in here. According, according to me, this according is according to, according to Harry. I, well, I'm just, you know, I don't want to create like a marital dispute or anything, but that's just what I heard. <laughs> it's <about>. too late. <laughs> All right, so shall we check on what's coming out of the studio this week, fellas? Sure. Do it. Cool. Let's take a look at this year's top five players' distance irons. Number one, the Wilson D7 Forged. Testers praised this one for feel, and it performed exceptionally well in all three iron categories and was the best-performing short iron. The runner-up, Hanma's T-World X. This one is the most forgiving player's distance iron. It's a great choice if you're looking for more spin, but not the best if you're hoping for more distance. In third, the Cobra King Forged Tech. Now this is where you should be if you're looking for distance. It ranked first in distance and testers loved the feel, but didn't enjoy the thicker top line. Fourth place goes to the Ping 500. A tester favorite in the looks department, the Ping ranked second in short iron performance and did well in long iron performance. It wasn't a tester favorite for feel though. Last but not least, the Cobra King Forged Tech 1 rounds out the top five. It was a top finisher in distance and one of the test's strongest performing mid-irons, though it's not ideal for lower spinning wedge players. Okay, so sounds like the answer to our question is somewhere around 75 rounds you're supposed to replace your wedges and time-wise, whatever that means it. for you, you start thinking about it. Okay, time-wise, that's whatever that means in, based on how often you play so and practice and practice yes that counts too and throw well thank you guys i thought that was a good discussion um something i want to see in the comments if you are capable of turning your brain off to the point that you can think of nothing i want to know about it and if you've seen listen to all 50 episodes i have three brand new golf balls for you there you go to send you uh, all right we out three golf balls <laughs> <laughs> Brand new golf balls. 